My Mum Made Me, the show about the wonderful and sometimes the weird ways in which our mums make us who we are today. Hi, it's Paul here. I really hope you're enjoying the show and I'm going to ask you a favour if you are. Please do follow us. If you do, you'll get to hear all of the episodes first and of course it helps with my self-esteem. I'm only joking. Don't forget to rate us. We're currently on 4.9 stars, which is really exciting and every rating makes my mum, Teresa, laugh just a little bit more. In today's episode, the second of a two-part series on the NHS, I speak with Ethan Spybe, whose mum, Veronica, or Vron Vron, has worked in the NHS for many, many years. What's really interesting about speaking with Ethan is so many of his childhood memories and stories reference Veronica going out to work, you know, at nights, early in the morning, to care for people in the NHS. I guess Ethan uh, understood and knew from a relatively young age that um, it was illegal for gay men to give blood in the UK and he resolved to do something about it. I guess partly because uh, of his mum's influence as well and and her job. Um, And lo and behold, after several successful years of hard campaigning, Ethan actually changed the law. And now gay men can give blood um, legally, which is a, a hugely you know, monumental achievement and something that Veronica is incredibly, incredibly proud of. So in today's episode, we're covering off Veronica, Ethan and the NHS. Ethan Spybe, the man with the most interesting name that I know. How are you? I'll take that. Yeah, I'm very good. Very good, thank you. Loving the weather. Amazing. And you were just telling me about your glorious turkey holiday. Mm. For the listeners, can you give us some headlines? It was Absolutely beautiful, stunning, did absolutely nothing all week, drank. I think I moved 10 metres one day, which was <laughs> which was dreamy. Was that the distance from the pool to the kitchen? Exactly, yeah. to the fridge for gin and tonic. Gorgeous. Uh, and then back again. So it was completely kind of switch off. It was lovely. I really, really needed it. And told work, don't contact me. If there's an emergency, don't bother. And did they respect that? No, they did. Yeah, That's yeah, good. Yeah, it's nice. It's very good. Yeah. So completely like rejuvenated, just in time to come and speak to you. So I thought I needed the, oh, fantastic. the mental resilience. I don't know whether it's a compliment or otherwise <laughs> to think that you have to take a holiday in order to kind of do Pretty, this yeah. and speak with me. I'm going, away, I'm going back. I okay, like, I see. Straight yeah. after this, I'm yeah. going back to Heathrow. And good. Back well, we'll go easy on you. <laughs> so I know nothing about your mum, which is a little bit different from some of my guests, partly because you and I have actually only, well, I've only had the pleasure of hanging out with you maybe two or three times, although we sort mm-hmm. of rub shoulders, you know, here and there. We've got mutual friends. But I want you to tell me a little bit about your mum. Mm-hmm. Let's start with painting a, don't give us her name yet. I'm okay. going to try and guess her name okay. based on the visual picture that you paint. Of okay. her. I would say my mum is the mumsiest mum you've probably ever met. <laughs> like incredibly caring. And everyone thinks she's really cool when you come out, which obviously is really frustrating. But she is kind of the first person to say, you know, stay for dinner. You know, your friends have to stay over. She loves being involved in kind of my life. I'm very, very close mm. to her. So I speak to her almost every day still. When I kind of cycle home, I have to get headphones with a microphone so I can speak to her whilst I'm cycling home. But she's particularly mumsy, I guess. She's got kind of a bob hair, yeah, brown eyes. Yeah, I have her eyes. I have her eyebrows as well. Oh, and cool. I have the, the lower part of my face is my dad's, but the upper part is my mum's. So I definitely kind of look like her. And I guess my height... So we're all, yeah. we're a very tall family. Uh, <laughs> so she's my height. And yeah, I guess starts to paint a picture. Okay, so what I'm getting basically, Ethan. Oh, and she's a is, nurse. That helps okay. with the whole kind of motherly. I see, yeah, I see. Yeah, yeah, she's yeah, been yeah. in the NHS for 40 years. Wow. Okay, uh, well, let's talk a bit more about that. Yeah. I'm going to say Margaret. 
Oh, she's not that old. <laughs> oh, no, Margaret's a lovely name. Yeah, well, yeah. No, okay. Samantha. I, no, it's too, that's... Okay. No, that's too kind of... I've, I've you're got, not... You, yeah. I, I'll be honest, you were probably closer with Margaret. Go on, what's your mum called? Veronica. Veronica. Yeah. Or Gorgeous. Vron. 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 Yeah. Is that your kind of nickname for her? Well, my friends call her Vron Vron. <laughs> my nickname for her is mum. Yes. But... <laughs> yeah, fair enough. No, Vron Vron. She was working as a nurse for, well, almost 40 years. And she's now gone into bereavement counselling within oh, the wow. NHS. I mean, she deserve an, deserves an award, but she's yeah. she does an incredibly tough job, but all based around people and yeah. speaking to people. So, yeah, she's very, very personable. This sounds like a bit of a pat question to ask, but do you think she was drawn to that profession because of... She talks a lot. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think she's just inherently caring mm. and she's... No, absolutely. I mean almost kind of stereotypically kind of nurse-like in that respect and worked on a special care baby unit for kind of 40 years. And whenever I went to see her at work, which is in North Manchester Hospital, she'd have kind of like several babies just like hanging off her arms, <laughs> which was like terrifying. Yeah. But she's so comfortable yeah. kind of, you know, one in this arm, one in that arm, you know, one juggling on a shoulder. They were kind of all of these babies she was looking after and they were tiny, really like terribly tiny babies who were either premature or a little bit ill. And she did that for kind of 40 years and then she decided she wanted to... <laughs> I don't know why. She wanted to become a bereavement counsellor. Mm. And I think her rationale was, if anyone's going to tell someone information like that, I'd like to be able to do it. Yeah. So I can kind of see why. And she went back to university as a, well, obviously student. not too mature, but a mature right. student, which is great because then it was at the same time whilst I was at uni or just after. So when wow. my discount went on Top Man after I finished uni, her <laughs> discount came mom's? back in. <laughs> so that was quite handy. And then so she must have been doing that for, well, I guess, I don't know, six around six, seven years or something yeah. like that. Yeah. She does that out of Oldham now. So, yeah, wow. that's, that's what she does. So what a wonderful woman. I yeah, mean, she's amazing. Yeah. Like, yeah, and I can sort of, you know, hear it in your voice and see it in your eyes, this sort of adulation you have. As a kid, I don't know if you remember this, but as a kid, did you have an appreciation of all the things that you've just said, like the importance of the work she was doing and who she was? I mean, yes and no in some ways, which is, I mean, I guess like terrible, you know, kids just kind of don't appreciate that at the time. But I mean, she was always around was mm. the thing as well. She worked part time. But then she did night shifts quite a lot too. Mm. So she'd always put a lasagna and a baked potato in the oven. If you came home and those curtains were closed, you'd know she was doing a night shift. Yeah. So you'd have to be really quiet downstairs. Okay. And she's put a lasagna and a baked potato in the oven yeah. for when dad gets home, we have dinner. So, I mean, we always kind of knew that side of the kind of rotor that she was on, kind of, you know, working with that. But I guess, do you know what? I kind of feel guilty. I probably didn't appreciate that at the time. Yeah. And it's only now when you think, you know, the job that she did for kind of 40 years on a special care baby, you must have been incredibly taxing. Mm. And then, she, you know, she came home to us who were kind of either fighting or winding each other up. So I probably, you know, should apologize for that in retrospect. Um, <laughs> but no, I mean, particularly now, you know, knowing what she does every day and the conversations that she has, I think yeah. is just, you know, so, so admirable. I see mums with kids now and you just think, I just don't know how. <laughs> I don't know how you I mean, do it. it. If you did that as a full-time job, like oh. you, you send you mad, never mind mm. sort of, you know, being a nurse yeah. and well, exactly. kind of working the hours as well. Looking it's after, sort of, yeah. you know, ill babies and then coming home to two fighting kind of brothers. Yeah, I don't know how she did it. Patience of a saint. And you mentioned the infamous Jack Potato and Lasagna. Mm. How was she with cooking because you know she's oh god i could see you grimacing oh now i've touched no, her the nerve. no she'd get really upset this is what she'd get really upset oh, about okay i mean whenever i go home i'll say sit down i'll do the cooking she is a good cook yeah she enjoys overcooking food oh slightly oh that is a oh ethan 
What and would Ron Bron say? She's going to be really upset. <laughs> she will be really upset. And I think she gets quite stressed cooking. Yeah. So I kind of took over Christmas a oh, few years nice. back. Yeah. Because there'd be an incredible kind of banging of pans mm. going on throughout throughout the kind of morning. And so I kind of just banished everyone from the kitchen and said, I'm going to do kind of, you know, Christmas lunch. I think she does enjoy cooking. I think she enjoys cooking for people. Yeah. And she does like very homely food very well. Yeah. Like with my niece and nephew now, I think that she calls it mama's soup, <laughs> which is like a vegetable soup. And homemade. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, definitely. Okay. And specific dishes like, and she used to bring them down to uni. Even oh, wow. when, even when I was at uni, she would bring down a tub of shepherd's pie a Lancashire hot pot, not oh, to stereotype, no. but very, she's very good at homely food. Yeah. But if it comes to other things, I'd probably say, it's take it off the heat. Okay. Minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's sassy Ethan <laughs> giving his mom a little bit of shade. That is wonderful. How different do you think your childhoods and your relationship with Ron Ron mm. is or was from other folk? I'm still very close, which must be very shocking as a gay man to have a close relationship with his mum. Uh, Wait, you're, you're gay? <laughs> oh, my God. Um, revelations left, right and centre. I mean, I speak to her every day. and yeah. What do you I, talk about? I just kind of ask her what she's been up to at work. She'll yeah. ask me. I'll kind of moan about stuff. It's just become a bit of a tradition, really. Mm. On my cycle home, I'll always do it. It's always around six o'clock. Mm. And I'll always apologise if it gets to half six. And I go, oh, God, I've not rung my mum. Yeah. I kind of wish I had enough to say to my mum every day, <laughs> other than like this sort of, bless her. Like, I'll tell you, sorry to cut across you, I'll tell you mm. a little bit about her. So she's called Teresa. She's a wonderful woman. Much like your mum is a northerner. So she's born and bred Bradford. She's lived there all of her life. When I speak with her, and I think this is, I can't work out whether this is like a generational thing or just a function of the type of life that she leads. I'm not joking, Ethan. I can tell you the price full price and discount of all of the teas in Morrison's because that is all she talks about. She said, oh, you never guess what? Green tea down to 32p. Like, I was just like, I don't know how to respond to that. Like, there's no sort of like banter you can, or like patter you can have based on the sort of like the price fluctuations of tea in Morrison's. It's quite, yeah. I mean, it's an important time to be watching the price of tea. Oh, well, yeah, God. Um, I, I, yeah, I agree. But I guess that's the point, isn't it? Way? Like, I mean, I do ask her about a day and yeah. kind of, you know, and she always asks me about my day and she knows kind of what's going on at work or kind of, you know, what friends are doing and kind of what your plans are for the weekend and stuff like this. So obviously it's a massive revelation to me that you're gay, jokes. Um, <laughs> what about Ron Bron? Did you no, she's not have gay. to tell her? <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, fine. It was before my dad. That's right. I was on my way to cadets. Ooh. Yeah, I was in the car. So mum used to take me to cadets. I had a thing for uniform. Again, another revelation. Uh, yes, I was going to say all the warning signs were there. Um, there. And... I was on the way to cadets and I was in the kind of passenger seat trying to kind of pluck the courage up. And she was just kind of dropped me off at the front of the building and kind of like jump out and kind of run in. And I think I just said something along the lines of, because there was kind of this guy that I kind of saw and she thought, I think, well, I thought she thought we were friends. She probably knew what was going yeah. on. And I kind of just said, oh, you know, by the way, like, you know, it's more than a friend. I'm, I'm gay. Kind of jumped out of the car, slammed the door and ran out. <laughs> and I kind of, I'm pretty sure she said a few years later, and apologies, this is wrong. She said she just sat there and kind of had to, like, yeah. as if didn't know kind of what I'd said. Yeah. But I think it was, it definitely took a by surprise. It takes a lot of people by surprise. Yeah. I'm, I'm very masculine. <laughs> so I think she was, you know, kind of like sat there for a minute and kind of digested it all and then just kind of drove home. But then the very oh. kind of cute thing is there was a gap between telling my mum and telling my dad. Yeah. And she never said a word to my dad. And kind right. of, you know, it was very much kind of, you know, she thought it should be kind of me to tell him eventually. And there was a good few months, I think, in between the two. So she's very good with it. And so just let me get the timeline in my head. 
Right. So you said that. Mm-hmm. And then did she say anything in return, like even, you know, later that evening or perhaps later that week? Do you know what? No, weirdly. Mm. It was kind of, I just kind of meant, I mean, I just wanted to kind of like get it off my chest and run out. Yeah. I didn't want to chat about it. Yeah. And then it was almost kind of, that was it. I still kind of, you know, still saw this person, friend, as she then knew was, you know, kind of more than a friend. Yes. And it was just very back to normal. I mean, in a fantastic way, there was no kind of big conversation about yeah, it or yeah. it just sort of said and then you know I business mean, it, as usual. In a, in a way it's really interesting because I think people expect a little bit of drama when it mm. comes to a coming out story and, and often partly because often there is mm. unfortunately but I don't know if normal's the right word but anyway the way you've sort of told us about your version of it is kind of a really beautiful thing mm. because it shouldn't be a thing, right? Like, and it should just be, you know, she's like, okay, great, good, good, have a great, have a great day. See you later. I thought I knew already. <laughs> Let's never speak of this again. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, I mean, I mean, both my parents are absolutely incredible. Mm. Always, always have been. I mean, like you said, the warning. I was doing drama. I was singing. I was dancing. You know, but all the wow, all the and warning you had signs to tell there. her, <laughs> and, I, and I was in uniform. But no, I, I mean, both my mum and dad have been absolutely incredible. And like you said, there are so many kind of people and friends who have had, you know. I mean, awful, awful experiences. Mm. So, you know, the fact that it's almost been something that's not been an issue is a huge kind of privilege in my life and I'm incredibly lucky for. But I mean, my parents have kind of always, always just, you know, kind of wanted to support me in that respect. And it's just, it was a complete kind of non-issue. I was terrified about telling my dad. It was over a lasagna. <laughs> Mum was out for work. The so famous. The yeah. famous lasagna. So I think, yeah. well, I, I, I don't, it might not, but it was a kind of meal Mum had put in the oven. How much of the lasagna had you gone through? I, I, I remember it was definitely all the way through main course yes. and kind of sat there. And I think there was something to have afterwards. It probably Angel Delight or something like that. Gorgeous. Classic, classic Northern yeah. dish. And it was just at the very end. And I kind of said to my dad, you know, Ben, I think that was his Ben, that was his name. He's kind of more than a friend. And my dad went, oh, right. And I said, oh, I just kind of, thought you'd want to know and my dad like honestly kind of looks down at his angel delight or whatever dish it was and kind of looked back up and he said it's hardly a surprise is it oh and, and that was that so, in, in a kind of loving or a cutting no, way no in a, in a very kind of cute way oh. and and now having spoken to them both about it mum was actually very shocked and dad really? was completely new you were like, her little angel time. delight yeah i mean again <laughs> she had no idea i've hidden it so well but no i mean i think that's right and you know it was the kind of opposite of what i expect i assume Mum kind of knew in a way and then thought, I was like, oh God, I'm really terrified about telling my dad. And dad was like kind of known for years. Is she proud of you? I probably couldn't think of a way in which they could be prouder in that respect. And they've been very, very closely involved in kind of the things that I've done in the last few years, beyond some of the campaigning stuff. And in one of the kind of most adorable memories, and it was an incredible setting. We were in the the House of Parliament, in the State Mm. Apartments, and I was launching a campaign on blood donation. And they were down as, you know, kind of MPs reception. There were lots of kind of different people around. Mum and dad were there and I kind of had to make this speech. As the, and obviously I hate being the centre of attention, but I did it anyway. <laughs> and made this speech and everyone's kind of there, you know, kind of watching me. And I just remember kind of looking around the room and bless mum and dad, come down from Manchester to London for all of this. And had got mum had borrowed a particularly posh scarf off a friend and all of this kind of stuff. And I kind of just looked around the room and they were just there kind of weeping with sheer pride. And it was absolutely adorable and kind of, and we all, and I kind of grabbed them afterwards and we we were all there having a bit of a breakdown in the middle of the room, which is absolutely adorable. I mean, they're very, very closely involved, you know, still, you know, they came to my birthday not so long ago and got horrendously drunk with friends. And, you know, it's such an kind of integral part of that. And I mean, they say it very regularly. I'm just so lucky to have, you know, their support and always, God, always have that. So. Thank you for sharing that. So, I really felt it when you sort of 
painted that picture of looking over to your parents who are just beaming with pride mm. in a very sort of emotional way. It's so wonderful. And I admire the work that you've done with um, gay men's blood donation. They must be incredibly proud as well. So, you know, hats off to you and hats off to them for raising such a wonderful human being. You mentioned friends and I don't know how sort of like familiar or regularly your mum gets to hang out with your friends. Mm. Are there any that she doesn't like? I'm not sure about friends. She's very strategic. Mm. But boyfriends is another thing. And I have a fantastic story about my, kind of my first, not first boyfriend, but kind of first long-term mm. relationship I got into when I moved to London. And I was 18, but a twink. Um, <laughs> and I got into this relationship with a police officer. Oh. Well, we won't name names, Jay. Um, <laughs> and I was besotted with this guy right. for a while. And eventually, I mean, you know, long story short, kind of broke up with him. And was really upset about it. So I went back home to Manchester and mum took me to Harvey Nicks. Oh. Very, very posh. Oh. Harvey Nicks. And we had afternoon tea on the table because it's to kind of like cheer me up. And she ordered champagne as well. Glass of champagne. I was like, wow. God, like, must, something must she be. She knew all the right bonds to hit with yeah, you, Yeah, she? something must, must be. And waited for the kind of champagne to come. And then, and she said to me, and it was words to this effect. I don't remember exactly verbatim. But she said, Jay. I was like, yeah. I hated Jay. <laughs> no, what were her reasons? And then she went through almost chronologically wow. every situation where this guy had either disrespected her or in oh. her eyes and all of the reasons why he wasn't a suitable boyfriend. Yeah. And kind of summed it up by saying congratulations. <laughs> you know, so the the champagne wasn't to cheer. The champagne was a celebration. It was. It was that we broke wow. up. And I kind of said, "Well, why didn't you say yeah. something?" And she said, "Well, I knew you'd realise you'd made a mistake." Mm. And she said, "You know, it took you a bit longer than I thought it might, yeah. but you know, I knew you'd kind of come around eventually." I think it was the first offence was, and I just don't remember this in my head. I'm not very particular with guests, as you well know at home. <laughs> but I think he turned up, met my parents for the first time yeah. and didn't bring any flowers or mm, chocolates or anything era. nothing yeah. so he turns up to his kind of you know his boyfriend's parents without a single item and that was it that from day one he had his kind of Ooh, card marked okay so i think that was it he was she, he was she, doomed has she proven to be a good judge of character i think so yeah. for sure you know definitely i mean she is without doubt one of the kind of kindest people but i think she's very good at kind of reading people too yeah yeah, I guess you have to be as a nurse as well, mm. right? I think she just had his card marked from day one. So, wow. yeah, that was quite funny. Well, Ron Ron, that's quite a skill to have. Who would you like to play her in a biopic of her life and who would she like? Who would I like and who would she like? Oh, God, I'm terrible with names. She was Ruth of Spooks, the BBC, mm. and she was just in the lawyer drama on BBC and she was the lead actress. And she's fantastic. Like, oh, God. I need to... She's got dark hair. Yes, dark yes, hair, brown eyes mean. again. Yes, yeah, yeah, She yeah. was in, you know, the family law firm yes. drama on BBC. Yeah, And she's yeah. a lead character. Why her, though? Because she's got the look. Oh. She's got that I see. look when she kind of, like, turns around and... Yeah. I don't know, that reminds me of my mum. So I think it would. De I would definitely say her. Who would my mum say? Cameron Diaz? Oh, wow. <laughs> no, I don't know. For fear of offending her, I don't know who she would say. She probably just hasn't kind of thought about that. No, I could, no I could, people I, don't, yeah. Yeah, I could definitely see her playing my mum, though. What sort of, you know, biopic would it be? Would it be something that's, well, to use Cameron Diaz as an, as an example, something that's quite lighthearted and sort of funny and spunky, or would it be kind of very emotional and serious? No, it'd, it'd be light. It'd be mm. light. My mum's very kind of very jovial, quite playful. So it would definitely be like, I mean, there are many stories, I won't tell them because she'd be mortally embarrassed, but... 
one of them, and she hates me for saying that this, I'm pretty sure she was the inspiration for Bridget Jones. <laughs> Your mum? Yeah, and I don't want to exaggerate, <laughs> but I'm almost convinced I don't know if that's was. an insult or not. Well, as in the kind of storyline. Yes, yeah. I learned to ski. My, I've got some family in the States, and we mm. went over, and, the, and my uncle taught me to ski when I was a kid. And we went there, and we were on a chairlift. She's going to absolutely hate this. <laughs> we were on a chairlift, and the four of us, mum, dad, uh, my brother and I, Todd, Dad and I got off the chairlift, as you do. As it goes round at the top, she hadn't got off the chairlift. Oh, no. Goes round, obviously. And then oh, there's this God. precipice, clearly, when the kind of chairlift goes round. They stop the whole lift, and she's kind of dangling precariously oh. there in, in midair, mortified about it. And there's a guy in kind of the shed, you know, who is doing it all and gets down. <laughs> and honestly, this is genuinely true. And says, jump, jump, I'm going to catch you. Oh, my Lord. Uh, and my brother, my dad and I are just in absolute hysterics. <laughs> yeah. Not helping at all, just no. laughing. And she says, no, 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 I'll go around, I'll go around, I'll go around. And he's like, no, it's fine, jump, lady, jump, is what he was saying. <laughs> staring up at my mum. And... <laughs> Eventually, eventually she does, and then kind of they both land three foot into the snow. Like as she, as she <laughs> jumps down, and the three of us unhelpfully were just in absolute hysteria, kind of watching. Yeah. And she as mortified by it to this day. So I'm sure she'll appreciate speaking oh, about on a podcast. Veronica. But that is exactly what happened on Bridget Jones. Yes. So yeah, yeah, I'm almost convinced the writer or producer was there that day. I think you need to send a legal letter. I think now we've actually recorded this. We've got an actual sort of physical recording <laughs> i want to end with two things ethan one is a little bit of a quick fire round so the rules are i'm just going to say two things and you're going to tell me which one veronica would prefer okay so let's start with an easy one lasagna or jacket potatoes lasagna lasagna okay cool henry cavill or ewan mcgregor henry cavill why just i think kind of more classically handsome yeah more of a gentleman okay okay yeah, no, that's great. Ewan I mean, McGregor's going to lead you down the garden path, isn't he? Oh, I see. Even now, even as an old man. Oh, no, he's probably... I'd still say Henry Cavill. Okay, okay. Sugar Babes or Little Mix? Little Mix. Right. Playful? Yeah. More playful? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't take themselves too seriously. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, and finally, Lancashire or London? Oh, God, Lancashire. Of course. Of she's course. very proud Lancastrian. Although she was born in Cardiff. Born in Cardiff, oh. lives in Lancashire. I do know that my grandparents disapproved of my dad heavily when oh. they when they met. The apple did not fall far from mm. the tree with Veronica, No, because... No, well, exactly. Because he was from Nantwich, and she went to a grammar school in South Manchester. And I think my dad grew up on a council estate, and I think, I think he was unfit and fit oh well you see she bridged um, the class divide <laughs> that's wonderful well i mean it was in the kind of only way that that generation could be the kind of you know have a toast rack for sunday breakfast yeah, wow that was very much grandma and granddad okay. always always had to have a linen tablecloth and this is where you get it from clearly i think that skipped a generation and a well <laughs> a well ironed linen tablecloth at all times you can't go wrong finally does Veronica know that you're doing this show? Have you talked with her about it? And and how would she react to all of the lovely things that you said about her? She doesn't know because it's not six o'clock yet. Mm. So I've not spoken to her today. I don't think I told her yesterday when I spoke to her. No, I didn't. I hope she knows how very, very much I love her. Oh. And I know she'll send me Olive You, which is our way of saying love you to each other. Oh. So instead of love you, I don't know why, I think because someone accidentally messed it up on a text and now it's a thing that we say all of you to one another so oh. hopefully i'll get a kind of sweet message but gorgeous well veronica we olive you too <laughs> ethan spivey thank you so much a pleasure thank you so much for having me